You're listening to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 42. Each Wednesday, we'll embark on a journey together to discover the best tips for living and working more simply. I believe that when things are easier, we have more time for what matters most. This week, we're going to learn how to finally back up your computer files. It's one of the smartest things that you can do to protect your digital life, and it's easier than you think. Also, we'll talk about how to keep your phone's files protected, too. Let's get started. So before we jump into Make Work Easier this week, which is this topic about backing up your computer files, I wanted to share with you a few housekeeping notes. First of all, I have just rolled out some new branding for the podcast. I wanted to create something... Well, this actually started because I had designed this windmill kind of logo and stuff for the show that's been my logo from the start. And, you know, first of all, I felt like it resembled Google Photos logo a little too much. That was totally inadvertent. I didn't see their logo and go, oh, yeah, that'd be great for the show. But nonetheless, it still did look a little bit like that. So I didn't love that. And then also, you know, I just I don't know. I It, it just seemed already to be a little bit dated and I really wanted to go more of like a, a beach relaxation, easy breezy kind of theme. My thinking is that the easier life is the more time that you can spend on a beach. And that is one of my favorite places in the world to be. So all of the new stuff is inspired by the beach. It's kind of got this water, air, and sun component to it. I just love it. So if you want to check out the new branding, it will be rolling out to the podcast art, like the actual image you see when you pull up the podcast on your phone. But It's on the website right now. So if you want to check out the new branding, just go to easiercast.com and that has been completely updated. So I'm super excited about that. I'd love to hear what you think and I will be updating the Facebook page. The group will also be updated, the page and the group. And in either case, feel free to leave comments when those updates roll out, but it is already on the website for you to check out. So again, you can go to easiercast.com to check it out there. And just as a reminder, if you're interested in liking the Facebook page, I'd love to have you there. You can go to easiercast.com slash Facebook page. And as a kind of the next housekeeping note I wanted to share, the Facebook group is really starting to kind of become a thing. We jumped from like three people in the group, which is awesome. I loved the the two people that were in there with me, including my boyfriend. But now there's like 20, 25 people in the group and more folks are asking to join every day. And we're really starting to have some good conversations in there. I post ideas. I ask questions about what I should do with the show. And I ask for feedback before I make some changes. I've been, I just released a, a new life hack video in the group and I'm planning to do that more often. It's a, it's pretty exclusive. I may not leave membership to the group open for forever. I'm not sure how big I want it to get. So I would highly recommend if you're interested in talking with like-minded people about systems, about self-development, about growth, anything that we cover on the show and beyond. And there's definitely stuff that I'm not sharing on the show 
that I'm putting in that group. If you're interested in any of that, please head over to easiercast.com slash Facebook group, and that will redirect you over to Facebook where you can request access. I'm accepting most folks right now, so I would get in now because I'm not sure that I'm going to leave the group so open as we go into the future. One last housekeeping note, I wanted to share a really nice comment that somebody, her name is Ingram, that she left in the Facebook group for me about easier. It was really heartwarming and I'd love to share that with you now. So she wrote, hello and thanks for the ad, meaning the ad to the group. I just found your podcast a few months ago and it is exactly what I need. I love talking about apps, gadgets, hacks, etc. So do I. Thanks so much. I teach middle school and I am always on the hunt for new strategies and systems to simplify life at school and at home. My students tease me all of the time about my love for podcasts and systems. Thank you for the podcast and group. And I really thank you so much, Ingram. You are exactly the person that I create this show for because I love that stuff too. First of all, it's funny. I used to be a middle school teacher as well. I still do work for a school, so we've got that in common. And I love all of those things, which is why I started this show. So I love hearing from you and from all the other folks that are becoming a part of the easier community on Facebook. So overall, the group is a great place to be. Highly, highly encourage you to check it out. Easiercast.com slash Facebook group. All right, let's move into make work easier. No more housekeeping this week. Make work easier this week is to finally, please, dear God, back up your computer files. This topic came up for me because I was out with a friend, and I'm not going to call that friend out by name, but I will say that she was on the podcast. I just won't say which one. But I was out with a friend for coffee, and we were talking about her computer, and she, I think, kind of casually mentioned that her files were not being backed up, and I was like, wait a minute. They are what? And as a tech person, and just as a person in general, but especially as a tech person, my role is in the technology field. Backups are so important, especially, especially for someone who is an entrepreneur and someone who has a lot of really important information that would be catastrophic if it was lost. Those files must be backed up because hard drives on your computer, the actual physical thing on which you store your files, right? Each computer has a hard drive, no matter what type, and that is the device that you store your files on. It's like, you know, flash drives and hard drives and and SD cards and things are all the same kind of thing. They're media that you store files on, and that's where you keep everything on your computer. So if you're not backing it up, hard drives have a finite life, and yes, that applies both to hard disk drives, meaning the older kind of drive, and newer solid state drives. Yes, even solid state drives, if you've heard of them, they have a shelf life too, and hard drives have these lives because they have, in some cases, physical parts. The way, the best way that I explain it is you can buy a car, and the parts in that car that are physically, that are mechanical parts that are actually moving, they have a shelf life, right? They're going to go bad at some point. They will not last forever. And it's the same thing with computers. You don't know when you buy that car if the parts are going to, you could buy a brand new car and tomorrow a part breaks and you have to get it fixed. Or you could have it for 30 years and finally it breaks down after that long. You never know. It's the same deal with computers. You don't know how long you've got on those drives. And beyond their just natural life cycle, 
there can be other kinds of unfortunate disasters that happen. You drop your computer. If it's a laptop, you, you know, something smashes into your desktop, whatever it may be. You have kids, they knock it over, anything. That can kill all of your files. And hard drive recovery is rare. Most people do not do it, and it's very expensive. It's not usually worth it to try and recover that stuff. But, you know, you could have a lot of really sensitive information, whether that's, you know, files for classes or, you know, sentimental photos, your music collection, any videos, anything that you've created if you run a business, anything like that. It is just not worth delaying anymore. So I'm giving you a challenge. I'm going to explain how this works. And in some cases, the options are totally free. And so you should at minimum take advantage of that within the next three days. Set aside one hour in the next three days. Please do to execute one of these plans for getting your files backed up. I, you know, as I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking about a line from The West Wing. I don't know if if any of you have seen the show The West Wing, but toward the end of the show, one of the characters is having a debate on stage and they're talking about nuclear power. And one character says, oh, nuclear is totally safe. And the other character comes back and says, I don't want to be an alarmist, but... And he continues to talk about why nuclear is not totally safe. And I feel like that character right now, I... You know, as I think about it, I do want to be an alarmist. This could be a disaster. Maybe not as serious as nuclear, but it could be a disaster for you. So please commit to, in the next three days, spend an hour to get something set up if you do not have it already. And my comments apply to any type of computer. And we're going to specifically focus on Windows or Mac. But even with Chromebooks, if your files aren't being backed up, oh my God, take care of it. All right, let's talk about how to do that. Okay, so first, just best practice is to have at least one spare copy of all of your files in an off-site location. That is the best practice. Why off-site? Like, you know, should does that mean that you should have, you know, if you're backing up with a hard drive, you should have your hard drive at your office or somewhere else? Yes, that's what it means. It's inconvenient, but if ever there's some kind of catastrophe around your computer, and that hard drive is destroyed too, the backup is totally, totally moot. You can never 100% guarantee your files. There's always the chance that something could happen and you know you never know. But it makes it that much more unlikely that if something happens to your files in one place, that the other set will be there waiting to come to the rescue. So that is kind of the old method is that you would buy an external hard drive from a store like Best Buy. You go to the store, you buy a drive that was big enough to hold all your files, and you'd either do a manual copy-paste job on a regular basis, or you'd use some kind of software to sync your files to that drive, essentially making a regular copy. And people sometimes would leave like drives attached to their computer and there'd be software running in the background to keep that update going. That really isn't best practice because again, if the drive is in the same place as your computer and something happens like fire, flood, the computer falls on it, anything, you could be out, you know, your files could be gone. So that's not the best practice and it's kind of dated and it requires quite a lot more work. So the new method, the better method, the preferred method at this point is to use the cloud, to use cloud storage. Now, I know that this term for some folks seems super elusive. The cloud just sounds like this fancy thing. And I know that, you know, I work with folks who still don't understand what the cloud is. Let me demystify this for you because it is really not that scary. It's not, it's not such a crazy term. 
all the cloud refers to is basically a big hard drive stored off-site somewhere that you get to using the internet. That's it. It's like some big digital file cabinet that you have to access using the internet. That's all that the cloud is. Usually that big hard drive, it's servers, right? So if you're working with, with Google, let's just use them as an example, and you've got your files in Google Drive, the way Google Drive works, which we're going to get into this more in a second, but basically you do have a local copy, meaning a copy of your files stay on your computer. And each time you make a change, a you know as soon as you save that file, the file is synced up to that other copy up in the cloud, meaning a copy is made and transferred via the internet to Google's servers where it resides and you have your own kind of little space carved out there based on whether or not you're paying or not. That will change how much space you're allowed. That's it. That's all the cloud is. And cloud storage confuses and I think intimidates a lot of people, but that's all it is. It's just keeping the stuff on your physical computer, on your hard drive, synced up to this off-site storage location that's managed by a company like Google or Dropbox or Apple or Microsoft. And we're going to talk about all of their tools. So that's the basic idea. That's all that that is. So please don't be scared by it. I would absolutely recommend that you pick one of these tools and I'm going to specifically recommend one. And you might be surprised by which one I recommend given what I've talked about on the show before. But I'm going to talk about the tools made by Dropbox, Apple, Google and Microsoft. And we're going to kind of, I'm not going to go too deep because they're pretty similar. They all do similar stuff, but I'll, I'll talk through the ins and outs. So first let's talk about Dropbox. This is a tool that honestly to me, and this is just my opinion, but it's seeming to kind of get lost, right? They, it used to be pretty popular. That was where I kept, when I first started with cloud storage, I kept everything in Google, uh, in Dropbox. Everything was in there. And you know, they just seem to me to be kind of falling behind. And, you know, a little tangent here, I'm not going to go too much into pricing because pricing is pretty similar across the different companies and it changes pretty frequently. So I don't want to, you know, I can kind of mention most stuff is around, you know, you can either pay for, you can get it free and they'll give you a small chunk or you can pay for a lower end package that gets you somewhere in the realm of like 200 gigabytes worth of data. And, you know, I'm going to do a little ad lib here in a second about file sizes and what that means, just because it's relevant here. And then also you can pay for a higher plan, which usually includes a terabyte or so worth of data. So I know that was a tangent off of the main point. I guess we're going off a tangent off a tangent, but so be it. I feel like I need to include a conversation about file size. And I actually have a an entry um, on my blog called Lightning Technology. I've mentioned it a couple of times and it talks about file size. And it's it, this again, this is another topic, I think a tech topic that kind of confuses people. So I'm just going to explain the various file sizes and their names and how big they are relative to one another. And I will include a link to the Lightning article so you can go review this if you want. But it's really not so crazy. All file sizes, they're kind of based like the metric system. Instead of, they are based basically on tens, but it's on about a thousand, right? So the number that they actually are based on is 1,024, but most folks just refer to it by the round thousand number. So you start off with the tiniest little bit of space called a byte. And a, a single byte, that's the smallest unit of space on a computer, and it can hold one character, like one letter, one number. That's how big a byte is. From there, you go up by a thousand. The next 
step up is a kilobyte or KB. You'll see the um, you'll see that abbreviation occasionally, and a kilobyte can hold a thousand characters, right? It's a thousand bytes. And that would come out to, you know, a few paragraphs of text. So it's not very big. A kilobyte's pretty small, right? It's only the next biggest size up. From there, you have what's known as a megabyte. And I'm sure you've heard mega and giga and terabytes. You've probably heard kilobyte too. But a megabyte is the next step up. And that means it's a thousand kilobytes, right? So once you've stepped up to that point, I use a the reference of a single MP3, a three-minute MP3 usually is about three megabytes. So you can, for reference, you can say that a two-page Word document that's just text is about 20 kilobytes. So a single meg of that would hold about 50 Word documents. That kind of gives you a reference point. Again, a single kilobyte is just a couple paragraphs and a megabyte can hold about, you know, 50 Word documents that are two pages long. So it sounds, when you put it in that context, pretty big, but... It's not anymore. As we're starting to talk about higher and higher quality music and then video, we move into the realm of the gigabyte, which is probably what you hear the most now. Before, you know, 10 years ago, everyone was talking about megs and gigs were like the big thing. But now, gigabytes are the common term. And gigabytes are a thousand megabytes. So again, we're just moving up by thousands. So this is probably what you're most familiar with. And so a gig can hold like 300 song files or 50,000 Word documents. And that's a lot. And we're in the multi-gig universe now that we've gone up to the next step, which is terabyte. And as I mentioned a second ago, the cloud storage tools can go up that high. And this is absolutely enormous. A single terabyte would fit 300,000 three-minute MP3s or 50 million two-page Word documents. It's huge. But with video, videos can go up into the gigabytes of storage space. So that's why we've kind of evolved into the terabyte range because as we're recording more video on our phones, we're taking more high-res pictures, they're taking up a lot more storage space. And then last, we haven't really gotten here commercially yet, but the next size up from a terabyte is a petabyte, P-E-T-A, byte. And that would hold, you know, a thousand terabytes, which is just insane. I'm sure that at some point, 10 years down the road, we'll be thinking, oh yeah, that's pretty normal. But, uh, you know, we were thinking the same about terabytes a few years ago. But anyway, that would hold 300 million MP3s or 50, get ready for it, billion with a B Word documents. A petabyte would hold 50 billion with a B word document. So it's crazy. Anyway, so that kind of gives you a reference for how big things are. We live in the realm mostly of gigs. And that's why when you hear them talking about the storage space on your phone, they're usually like 128 or 256 gig. That's what we're talking about. So again, a gigabyte can hold 300 songs. And so you multiply that by 128 or 256. And that gives you an idea about how many songs you're going to fit on your, your device. And that's rough. Okay. Don't, don't, you know, quote me down to the number. It just gives you an idea. So let's go back two tangents ago, back to the main topic about Dropbox. And I was saying that most of these cloud storage tools offer you a small, medium, and large, and the small package is usually free. So Dropbox does do that, but I found that their model has become dated. I'm not going to say much more about Dropbox because I don't use it anymore. I shifted from Dropbox to Google Drive, and that's where I am now. 
all of my files. I like Google. That's kind of my preferred vendor for all of this stuff. I have Google Homes at home. I have a Google Home in my office. I have a Pixel phone. You know, I kind of am in the Google ecosystem. Um, And I will say that Google Drive is pretty good. It does what it's supposed to do. It creates folders on your computer and you're able to drop your files in there and then they sync. It also kind of lets you pick other files, folders on your computer to back up. So meaning Google Drive creates a folder called, you know, Google Drive and then you put all the stuff you want to store in there versus just your standard documents and pictures folders on your computer. And then it will allow you to also go in and tell it, oh yeah, I want to include the documents, pictures, desktop, things like that. It's a little clunky. And I find sometimes that Google's desktop tool for Windows that I use, it doesn't work very well. I am not a huge fan. So we're going to talk in a second about what tool I do prefer and I don't use, (laughs) but I prefer. But um. I'm paying for Google's, I think Google One is what it's called now. I'm paying, I think, $3 a month for 200 gigs worth of storage space. And I just checked today and I'm using 118 gigs. So, you know, I, I'm not using, I'm barely using half of my space, you know, and it's it's sufficient. So that's good enough for me. I do create a lot of bigger files, you know, between working in Illustrator or Photoshop or Audacity, which is where I record my podcasts. But they're not huge. I'm not doing a whole lot of video, so I haven't needed to go up higher than that. Another thing I will say that is worth noting about all of these tools is that in addition to backing up your computer files, they allow you to access your files anywhere that you have an internet connection, including on your phone. So the way that that works is if you're sitting at another computer, all you have to do is go to the web version in your browser of whichever tool you're using. So let's say Google Drive. I would go to Google Drive's page, log in with my account, and all my files would be there. And in some cases, you're able to edit them right inside the tool. You can download them and work with them, you know, separately and then just upload them if you've made changes. It's a great, fantastic convenience feature. So you can sit at any computer that's got an internet connection and get to your stuff. So that's a huge convenience factor. And then also, you're able to get to everything on your phone too. If you download the the, the app that corresponds with the tool you're using, you can pull up all those files. And the, the files don't download to your phone. They're not sucking up space on your phone. They're up in the cloud. And when you see them on your phone, all they do is list the, the file names and the types. And then when you tap in to actually open it, that's when it will download and allow you access. So there's a whole, you know, kind of other group of things about that. But that's basically how that works. So you can get to your files pretty much anywhere, which is sweet. The next one that, of course, I have to mention because a lot of you have Apple devices. I don't know why. I'm just kidding. I really am. Apple is okay. I am not an Apple hater that much, Um, even though I love my Android phone and my Windows computers. Anyway, iCloud, of course. If you have an Apple device, iCloud is probably the way you're going to want to go with your regular backups because it's so deeply integrated. You can install Dropbox, iCloud, or Dropbox, Google Drive, or OneDrive on your Apple computer, and it will definitely work for sure. But, uh, you know, iCloud, if you've already kind of in that ecosystem, it's helpful because everything integrates together and everything is pretty seamless. If you've got a MacBook, if you've got an iMac, and if you've got an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod, any of those, it kind of keeps everything in line that way. And, you know, as with the other two, that one also has a, you know, a free paid and paid plus plan. And then the last tool is Microsoft OneDrive. And I 
have to give credit where credit is due because a lot of times Microsoft makes some crappy tools when they don't pay a lot of attention to them and they don't do a good job with it. However, I have become increasingly impressed with OneDrive over time. We at my work, we are an Office 365 um, worksite. And so I have access to OneDrive there and they have begun adding features that do not exist at least with Dropbox or Google Drive without having to either be in a business type plan with Google Drive or paying double the price to use it on Dropbox. And this feature is something I am is really making me consider leaving Google Drive to move over to Microsoft's tool. The first thing is is it's OneDrive is is becoming more and more deeply integrated with Windows. If you've got a Windows computer, OneDrive is like what iCloud is to Apple. So that is a serious consideration there because it's super easy. When I'm at my work computer, I use OneDrive for all my work files. And when you've got it installed and you're using stuff in like Microsoft Office as I'm typing Word doc, you don't need to save anymore. You save it one time and it just keeps saving automatically. You don't have to think about it. You never lose your files. You know, if the program crashes, it's, it saves automatically. It's just like using, like you go to Google Docs and you're typing and you never have to save. It's the same deal, but on your local computer. So that's pretty cool. But... The big thing that I find to be very, very nice is that most of the time, the files that are chilling in my Google Drive folder, I don't need the vast majority of them. They do not need to be synced down to my computer. So what OneDrive allows you to do is it allows you to do what's called selective sync, meaning once it backs up to the cloud, you can then tell it, I don't need this file on my local hard drive anymore. It'll free up that space and it will just live up in the cloud. And then the next time you do need it, you just click it. And as long as you're connected to the internet, it'll download back down to your machine. It is such a brilliant time saver when you have to go and install the the sync tool on a new computer. So if ever you have a disaster with your computer or you need to format it, you can install the tool. But when I like when I install Google Drive, I have to sit and let it sync for hours and it is so friggin' annoying having to sit and wait for it. Now, granted, I don't do it that often, but when I do, it is a giant pain in the butt. Anytime I establish a new computer that I'm using or I get a new one or I have to, you know, format my drive and reinstall my operating system, it's such a pain. So I wish that Google would port that feature. It would make me definitely not consider switching because it wouldn't be worth it at that point. But that feature, I am really considering moving to Microsoft. So OneDrive, I would be, or OneDrive would be my recommendation for you. If you're not engaged with any of these tools yet, OneDrive is the place to be. So given that that is my recommendation, I'm going to walk through their plans just a little bit. And this one includes a really special bonus. So if you want OneDrive, the free plan actually gets you five gigs, which is decent. I mean, the other one, you can get, I think, more for free with Google. So if you're not planning to pay, Google Drive is probably the way to go. I think you get more free storage with Google. But if you're going to pay on, um, you know, actually, I take this back. Uh, with OneDrive, if you pay for the $2 a month plan, you only get 50 gigs worth of storage. So if you're if you're only looking to pay that little bit, definitely go with Google because Google, you right now, you pay $2.99 a month and you get 200 gigs, which is way more. Obviously, it's four times the amount of storage space for the same price or for a dollar more a month. So in those cases, I would not go there. However, if you need to go up to the next plan, the next level, if you've got more than you know 200 gigs worth of data, if you're a video or whatever, you might. Office 365 Personal is really cool because it only costs either $70 a year, so that's you know 
a, a pretty decent price, or you can pay for it month to month at $6.99 a month, and it includes a full terabyte, whereas with Google and the others, it's 10 bucks a month to get the terabyte, and then you also get a subscription to Microsoft Office for the same price. So 7 bucks a month gets you Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote, and Outlook, as well as a terabyte of storage, which is a fantastic deal. So you know, I'm not kind of drinking the Microsoft Kool-Aid. Actually, any of them. I, you know, I'm mostly integrated with Google, but this is a really good plan and OneDrive is an excellent tool. You can also bump up from there and you can pay 10 bucks a month and you'll get six total gigs. Um, I'm sorry, six total terabytes of storage for the same price. You get Office, but it also allows you to use six accounts. So if you've got a family or people that you want to share with, that's a, a really good way to go. You get your own account and you each get a terabyte for up to six users. And I'm pretty sure that everyone that's got it can use use Office there as well. So that's the tool I would go with. And at minimum, whatever you do, even if you go to the store and buy a hard drive and manually copy and paste your files every however often, even if that's all you're doing, please, dear God, please, oh my God, please back up your computer files. I, as a computer tech, I've been doing work for, you know, literally a decade. I've been doing it since 2008 and going to people's homes. And I've seen too many data disasters where people lost such valuable information. So please don't go another day or I'll give you three. Like I said, commit to an hour in the next three days to pick a tool. So if you need it more inexpensive and don't have more than 200 gigs, I'd probably do Google Drive. If you want, you know, I think a better tool and it comes with Microsoft Office, do the seven bucks a month with OneDrive with Microsoft. Those are my recommendations. Please do something within the next three days to make sure your computer files are backed up. Are your days super busy? Even though you're stressed and tired, do you feel like somehow you just don't get enough done each day? Well, you're definitely not alone. That's why I put together an awesome one-page guide on my top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. These are all of the best productivity tips I've found from books, online research, and experience. It's completely free. All you have to do is head over to easiercast.com slash get more done to grab your copy now. Again, that's my free one-page guide called The Top 15 Strategies for Getting More Done in a Day. You can find it at easiercast.com slash get more done. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, a quick make life easier this week. I wanted to talk briefly about making sure that your phone you don't lose data on your phone. One of the perks of having your files stored like I was just talking about and make work easier is that it doesn't matter if my computer, you know, kind of craps out on me. I never have to worry about my files. I really don't have to worry about, you know, what happens. It's the same with my phone because I have my stuff put in the cloud you know, with whichever tool I'm using. So for my contacts, I make sure that all of my contacts get created within my Google account on my phone. So I have an Android my Google account is linked and all my contacts are there. So I never have to worry about backing those up. Same thing if you've got an iPhone, make sure that you're using your Apple account. Um, make sure that you're not creating the contacts locally on the phone only because if you do, that's the recipe for those people who post, hey, I just got a new phone, lost all my contacts. Can you send me your number? Kinds of things on Facebook. So avoid that. Make sure your contacts are in your account. For your photos, 
I think that no matter what kind of phone you have, even if it's an iPhone, yeah, you got iCloud, but I like Google Photos. It just works better. The tools that they have are great. For me, it's fantastic because I have a Pixel. I have, you know, I think unlimited storage. um, So that's great for me. But Google Photos is the place to be. And the way it works is that as soon as you take a photo, it starts syncing that photo up to the cloud. Uh, There's a caveat there, actually, I should mention. If you have a limited data plan, the default setting with the app is to only back up on Wi-Fi. So keep that in mind. You don't have to worry that it's going to suck up all your data. For me, I have unlimited, so I let it back up whenever it feels like. It doesn't need to have data. Uh, it doesn't need to have Wi-Fi. It can back up over cellular data. So Google Photos for your photos. For music, I don't store that locally. I don't have any local music files anymore. I haven't since I had an iPod. Basically, when I got my unlimited data phone back in however long ago, a very long time ago, because I still have one of my sneaky uh, 10 buck a month <laughs> Verizon unlimited data plans. So go me on that. But um, I use Spotify. So everything is in Spotify. It is very rare that I'm without cell data and everything stays in there. If I do need to download something, like I'm going to be on an airplane, I have Spotify premium. So I just turn on the offline download and it will download. But I very rarely need to use that. So I don't keep my music locally. I don't have any local music anymore. Everything is just in Spotify. And then the last thing is text messages. It's something that a lot of folks don't consider before they kind of reset their phones. If you ever do or get a new one, that you're going to lose your text messages. There are apps to back up your text messages. I use Mighty Text actually for texting. It's a tool that allows me to text from my computer that works significantly better than Android Messages does. Um, and I've been using Mighty Text for a long time. It allows you to schedule texts and things, but also because I pay for Mighty Text, I can it stores my text messages up in the cloud, so I don't ever have to worry about that either. So I've always got those messages on hand. But there are other apps, and if any of you know of any apps or use one that backs up your text messages, I know there are some that'll like do it to your email or that'll do it to a file, and you can resync them down once you've got your new phone. Texts are something to consider before you reset your phone or get a new one. That's an area people forget. So make sure at minimum, I think the photos and maybe the music are the big ones. The photos, I think for most folks are the thing they're most concerned about when I hear about getting a new phone or, oh my God, my phone broke. Install Google Photos. Give that a shot. Or if you're on iPhone, try iCloud, but I would do Google Photos. Whatever you do, make sure that you've given these things both for your computer and your phone consideration and give them consideration now because you never, ever, ever know. You can never plan for when you'll have a hardware failure or some kind of other disaster and your data will be in jeopardy. So take my advice now. I don't ever like saying this, but you will thank me later What if you take the advice now and you have a problem. So go out, back up your files. And that's it for episode number 42 of Easier. Remember to back up your files. I don't know how many more times I can say it, but remember to back up your files. Please, please, please do it within the next three days. Do you have any tips, techniques, or tools for making life or work easier? If so, please email me at podcast at easiercast.com or leave a comment in the show notes at easiercast.com slash 42. That's easiercast.com slash 42. Also, look for Easier on Facebook. You can head to easiercast.com slash Facebook page to get to the page or easiercast.com slash Facebook group to add yourself to the group. I curate the best content from around the web, both on the page and in the group. 
that helps make life and work easier and you won't find it anywhere else but on Facebook. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips I've covered in this episode, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully, every share means that someone somewhere will find more time for what matters most to them. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. And until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.